Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's now time for Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. Hey, it's Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law. Hope you're having a great day. Another special edition, you guys. Mark and I actually got a chance to interview his dad, Benny Wasserman. That's right, Mark and Craig Wasserman's father, Senior Benny Wasserman. Now, we did this as we were recording the Grande Wash podcast, just having some fun a while back, but we decided to air this so that you guys can get a chance to know us a little better and see what our dynamic is all about. So here's a little special edition of Cannabis Talk 101 with Benny Wasserman, the father of Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pop Brothers at Law. Welcome to the Grande Wash Show. I'm Joe Grande. Of course, with me, the infamous little brother of the Pop Brothers at Law, Mr. Mark Wasserman. Hey, How you doing, brother? Joe, I'm doing fantastic. It, it feels like it's been a while since we've recorded our show. It has. It's been too long. Uh, you, you've been putting me off. I don't yeah. know what's the deal. Well, I don't know because now I feel worried and threatened because now I get, you know, your dad is here in the studio with us. <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Benny Wasserman. Welcome to... I don't know if he, he brought you here to threaten me, or you guys are just, you know... I, I got two Jews now, and then I got the pops here. I just Jeez. figured you'd have a good time uh, meeting my... Well, you've met him, but talking to my dad. I, I actually look forward to this. It's funny, Benny. I didn't realize you were a retired aerospace engineer. You worked actually at the Apollo mission, and you're in the same department as Falcon and the Snowman, which is interesting, and I want to hear more about oh that. Also, the thing I love, which I didn't realize you were when I looked at you, you're an Einstein lookalike, an author of... <laughs> Of three books and a father of course of the pop brothers at law and a doctor which we're going to talk about all that and even talk about these books as you signed one for my daughter rayleigh and my son trey so i can't wait to get into all that but thank you so much for coming to the grande studios you're quite welcome and let's get first off let's start with before kids and i'm sure you probably did that when you were with kids but retired aerospace engineer working on the apollo mission and it's just funny how we just had the you know experience not experience but the anniversary not too long ago that's absolutely correct did that anniversary have any emotional feel for you uh funny part is 
answer is no. It, it should have been yes. But that's only because of my attitude when I was working in those kind of programs that I really didn't care about aerospace. Really? It was just a job? To, it was just a job, just a paycheck. And I'm so sad about that because every time I worked on one of the little black boxes, I never asked the question, what does it go into and what does that go into? So you're just an engineer programming and doing what well, you're supposed to do? I actually started out as a technician and before I ever became uh, an engineer. Uh, By all, trade. Yeah, and, and all that. Um, but, um, yeah, the, it's not fascinating. How did you get the job there? Oh, my God. Uh, how did I get Because not job? too many people get to, you know, work as an engineer in aerospace and let alone get to work on the Apollo. So how did you even get your foot in the door? Were you an intern? Did you start off picking up garbage? Like myself in radio, I literally started off in promotions, passing out stickers. So how do you get such a good gig at such a... Or how old were you when you even started? Oh, my God. This takes me back all the way to the beginning. And um, Yeah, well, here we go. Know, We're getting there. And he is 85. He's so it's going to take him some so, time to remember so, some of these so. answers? Is that what you're saying? I could help out a little. I Please, could, you I may could, have to I encourage could, him. I could prod <laughs> a little. You I, may have to sharpen the tools for him. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I remember no. some. I've gone over this so many times that yes. uh, a short story becomes a very long story. Well, hey, we're here. Uh, <laughs> we're here. I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you. I want to hear it. I don't know it. So the question is, how did I get into aerospace? And um, I'll just start with uh, going to a trade school in L.A., coming from Detroit, Michigan. Um, the D. The big D. Um, yeah, but talk about what happened just before you left, something I, about grand theft. or Oh, you, you left what? Detroit <laughs> because you're a derelict? Is that what I'm smelling here? Well, no, here? no, there were allegations. There was never a conviction or, or anything like that right? or okay, something. Okay, yeah. if you want me to go there, I'll, I'll go there. Oh, let's I, open I, up, man. This is therapy right here. Grande Wash Show oh. is more about opening up and letting loose. And we and here, unlike your son, I'm not going to kick you out of this therapy session. <laughs> so you're going to be okay here. That is funny. Okay, so I hated school. I hated reading, and uh, I had a friend in the neighbor in the hood in the neighborhood. Um, I won't mention his name, although he died at the age of 30 of a heart attack. He was two years older than me, and he was uh, looking out for me. I kind of lived in a rough neighborhood, and. Um, so I did whatever he told me to do. And so in high school, he, um, I got me a, uh, my first job. Uh, well, my first job. I was working in a bakery for my dad. And from there, I decided I didn't want to do that. And uh, my friend Chucky, that's, that's his first name, uh, asked me if I wanted to uh, drive a truck. I just learned how to drive. And so he, became, he was a truck driver for a small company delivering tobacco and candy. And... Um, he became a salesman, and I became the truck driver. And uh, he, he said, I want you to, when you load the truck up with the list of tobacco and candy, cases of all of these things, add another case or two on the truck, even though it's not on the list, prepared by the boss. And uh, then he would go on to explain to me that we're going to sell those cases of cigarettes to, As you should. To retailers that he was going to, that he made a deal with, that he could get them to buy the case of cigarettes for half price, half, and then we would split the other half. Okay. And I said, what if we get caught? So you were already pretty smart then back then. No, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question, by the way. <laughs> hey, I got an idea. What if we get caught doing this stuff? Yeah, what if we get caught? So he, what if we 
goes on to tell me, well, he takes me in the back room one day when the back doors are opening up uh, at twilight time and cars are lined up with their, with their trunks open. And what's in the trunks? Half cases of cigarettes that were stolen from somewhere else. And they were being sold to my boss. Awesome. So my boss is, so my buddy Chucky tells me, they're, they can't, they, they're going to have to. They're not going to figure it out. How are they going to explain to anybody? They don't have inventory on this stuff. If they don't have inventory, they, there's no accounting. So when if we take a couple of cases here yeah. and there, nobody's going to ever know. <laughs> okay. So we did that for six months. And uh, made got, a few bucks. And made a few bucks, enough for me to buy a car. Oh, that's oh. nice. I'm 18 years old. And, and back I, then, a car cost about 700 bucks. 1800 1800 okay. That's a good car. Jeez, look at you, balling. Convertible. Oh, convertible, huh? Shit, oh, so you're doing the drug dealer car then. Back then, even. <laughs> First car was a convertible. Oh, excuse me, my last name's Wasserman. Benny's on the road. Beep, beep, back up. <laughs> I like it. So somewhere along the line there, my buddy decides he's going to make more money by going to another company, a meatpacking company, where uh, they cut up the beef and, and uh, sold them to people with freezers who they ordered half a cow, and it was all split up and packaged and everything. So I went to work for them, and uh, this time I um, I just stole a few steaks. Nice. <laughs> when I was loading the freezers, I would just take a few Filet steaks. Filet mignon, oh, you had to eat. all the yeah. above. You had to eat. And, and then one day, I, um, when the guy was delivering from the slaughterhouse, the half... Uh, cow? Uh, half a cow's uh, quarter, quarters, um, he asked me if I wanted to work in the slaughterhouse. And I said, I'm not working on a kill floor. I didn't know what a kill floor was, he was explaining. But he wanted to hire me as a truck driver. So I went to work there and, 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 and driving a truck, delivering the sides of beef. And one day, he, um, the owner asked me if I wanted to... Uh, the guy who was killing the cows got sick. So he asked me if I would come down on the kill floor and kill cows. I said, no way. And he said, um, we're going to give you $10 a week more. Well, and maybe. For, and for me, it was all about, and the hours, the sooner you kill the 60 cows, the sooner you leave. The oh, line them up. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. How, how do you kill a cow? What's the way? Uh, the, I don't even know. I, I, I had to use a sledgehammer at the time. Wow. A sledgehammer. <laughs> So they Benny, gave me, you're a straight freaking murderer. <laughs> I love it. No, Who got, knew? No. Seriously, it was a sledgehammer back then? Sledgehammer. So they gave With me, blood squirt on your body? Sometimes? No, no. I, I was... I Benny Blanco, would that ever happen to you, sir? <laughs> now I'm getting nervous. Don't look at my swords. No. <laughs> I don't want to get yacked over here. No, so they, uh, the cows would come down the ramp and go into this uh, area. And I would have to walk up uh, three steps and uh, look down on these cows. And I was holding the sledgehammer, and I started hitting it on top of the head over and over and over again, maybe 10 times. And I couldn't lift the sledgehammer up again. After 10 whacks, you After were done. After 10 whacks. I, I was a the skinny, arms were killing you. I was six foot, one and a half, weighed 135 pounds. Skinny, skinny thing. And then the, the guy, the, the, someone else comes up and with a ball-peen hammer, hits the cow between the eyes, Bink. and down it goes, the tongue comes out, and they start the process of 
cutting up the cow. So that's how you learned how to kill a cow. That's how I, but that's the only cow I killed. Oh, it was one, one and done. That was one and done. The other guy came back to work, and they gave me a job at the end of the line where I'm washing the, every, everything after everything is cut and put on a rail. They're coming down the rail, and I'm washing the ends off. And then they initiated me one day. How's that? <laughs> they filled up a bucket of the guts and blood, <laughs> and as I was turning the water off and turned around, they took the bucket and threw it in my at my head, oh, into disgusting. my eyes, ears, <laughs> nose. And I wanted to go after them like you can't believe. Instead, I ended up being a good sport, laughing. Oh, that's the initiation no, 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 in the wait, game. Wait, 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 no, no. And I'm going back quite a few years here. Um, that's, not, that's, that's not what happened. I, I, I was gonna go at them. But they took a high pressure hose. And pushed you back with it? And were washing me off. <laughs> and pushing me back, I couldn't get near them. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So before you can even get him, they go, nope, we know what's going to happen. He's going to come after us. Just as game planned. Yeah. So I did that for six months and then I uh, ended up in the Army. Um, but that gets into Well, thank another... you for your service. Always appreciate it. Good <laughs> Army man. But that gets into another story about my friend Carl who uh, uh, loaned me. Who a... saved you in, in the what? The, what happened? That, did Carl basically, your relationship with him, send you okay. out to California? Okay. So, so there's two group of friends I had. One, on the, one in the hood and one from school. And I lived right on the line with the car, you know, across the railroad tracks. Right, like the, the good old eight mile eight run. Mile. Yeah. The poor people on one side, the richer people on the other side. So I used to play basketball with those guys in, in, in their backyard. When you say those guys, you're talking the poor people? The Richies. No, the oh, rich- the Richies, okay. Yeah, you're more affluent. Uh huh. I didn't know the word affluent at the time. And so we would play basketball, and this one kid, uh, Carl, uh, I would get on my bike and go home to get ready for my nighttime paper route. I had two paper routes, paper. And uh, so anyway, he'd go into the house as I was leaving and come out with a book. He said, here, try here, try reading, or read it. I'd go home, hold it for two weeks, take it back, never having read the book, hoping, cross my fingers that he never asked me. Right. And um, so that went on for a couple of years like that. Where he went in and got books, and there's there's four of them. I always remember three. Emil Zola uh, wrote. Uh, no, there was Viva Zapata. Whatever they were. And then he goes off to Swarthmore College. No, Jesus, you I kind of told this whole story. Um, I love it though. It's uh, for me. It's just. Oh yeah, group. you're taking me, me down memory lane. I'm enjoying it. It's the story of my. Uh, he comes over, getting ready to go to college. He comes over to my house. So, Benny, where are you going to college? Um, he said, what? Go I, where? I don't, you know, I... Uh, Didn't apply? I, my, I, uh, all he no. wanted to do was be a professional baseball player at that time also. What but, position? Shortstop. First oh, 20 oh, years nice. of my life, that's all I wanted to be. I played sandlot ball, and that's all I loved. That was, that was, that was it for me. Um, so, Carl... And he's illiterate. No, no. And I'm. A, he was yeah, illiterate. Yeah, well, At my the wife time, doesn't want me to say I'm illiterate. Uh, he was. I just. He you know, was. Um, I could see the resemblance with your son Mark here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> he was, but you know, he pulls it together to get it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So go ahead. I know, I know, but so he, um, I. Um, he asks you where you're going. He goes oh, off yeah, to well, college. He goes to college. He goes off to college. No, he comes over, and he said, and I said, I can't. We can't afford it. No, he can. He can buy that. Except he goes home and he gets his father. He, I don't know how it happened. He knew what the tuition was to Wayne University not in Detroit. He goes home and he gets his father to write out a check for 75 bucks, which was... To go to college. To go to college. He comes back the next day. He said, what's your excuse now? Wow. Yeah, wow, isn't it? And, I, and he goes off. What and, a friend dad, though, too. Like, that's I, just, you know, it takes a village. And what a dad to, okay, son, let me help your, your boy out. Yeah. And, and that's dope. I no, love that. No idea what happens what continues to happen with this guy. Tell it. Um, he goes off. I, I go to Wayne University at night because I'm working in a bakery full time. Family needs help. With, you need with, the money. With yeah. my dad and all that. Um, 
His dad owned the bakery. No, my my brothers owned the right. my my half brothers owned the bakery. But um, um, wait, wait, I got I got. Uh, you're uh, working. You're going to school. Oh yeah, I got halfway through the semester, and I'm getting I'm taking English and history. The worst thing I I could ever do. I, if anything, I always advocated taking out of high school taking classes that you enjoy initially and, and do the general requirements later. But at any rate, any rate, I take English and history. I get halfway through, I'm getting F's in both classes. I drop out. That's the end of that. And um, that's how Carl enters my life that way with uh, the uh, $75. And then he comes back on break Two years later. After you dropped out for a yeah, year yeah. now? No, I, I was only in for a few a months. Semester? Uh, half a semester. He comes back after co college break two years uh, later, and um, he's asking me, what am I doing? How am I doing? I said, well, I didn't make it uh, with the school. I'm working in a slaughterhouse. I'm, I'm working in a slaughterhouse. You know, how, how do I tell this guy? Where? He says, oh. I'll tell you, I was listening on the radio, and I heard that you could volunteer for the draft. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to get you. And you're not doing special work for the government. You're not going to school. They're going to get you. You're 20 years old. And, um, and this is Vietnam. No, no. This is just after the Korean War. Oh, Korean just War. Just after the Korean War. Okay. So he heard that uh, you could volunteer for two. And a normal volunteer had to go in for three. But if you volunteer for the draft... They'll take you for two. two. Okay. So I go in the army. I spend my two years. Uh, oh, his thing was, uh, yeah, think about what you want to do the rest of your life. Good head on his shoulder. What a, what a friend. Think about what you want to do. Yeah, so finally I get out. And at some point, light bulb goes on and it says, there was nothing in, nothing out. I didn't gain anything except learning how to shoot people. That's a good, that, <laughs> hey, that could be useful. I didn't read. I didn't do anything because there was nothing in here to think about. Right. Except baseball. Wanting to be pro. Now, before I went in the Army, I did try out with the a farm club of the Washington Senators at Chattanooga Lookouts. Okay. I went down from Detroit to Florida. Winter Garden. And was told by George Myatt after a month of trying out with a hundred other guys. And I was getting on the bus to get ready to go home. When I saw this coach, George Myatt, sitting on a bench, I walked over and I said, how did I do? And he said, what's your name? <laughs> what's my name? I walked away in tears towards the body. He called me back. And he pulled out his notebook. And he said, what's your number? 66. That was my number. Right. And he looked at it and he said, hey, you're a damn good fielder. Really hustled. But you can't throw, you can't hit, and you can't run. Don't ever think of making a living out of this game. <laughs> and, and that was the end. I let that, I took his word. As gospel. And never looked at the sporting, new, sporting page of a, of a newspaper again. Never kept track of anything. My, my Tigers, my Detroit Tigers. You didn't lose anything, by the way, because they never did anything, so it didn't matter. Just, I'm sure you know that, but go ahead. No, so, so, so I, I end up going in the service, and I, um, I come out. I hope I didn't skip a skip. No, nope, you're good. There. You got it. No, and I come out of the service, and um, 
And um, you got nothing out of it. I got nothing out of it, but uh, I, I'm, oh yeah, oh yeah. I take my uh, my 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 dad and my stepmother to California to visit my sister. And while I'm there, I get to visit my stepmother's aunt or cousin or whomever who live in Beverly Hills. Rough area. Rough, very rough area. And there lives not a lot of Jews there. A young lady lives there who's uh, uh, my age, and she wants to know a little bit about me. You mean at that time your age, or right now your at age? At that time, <laughs> because that, was she eighty something when you met her? No, no. no. She, okay, so she, she was twenty something when you met her. About twenty four. Okay, got it. And uh, she was going to UCLA. Great and, school. Um, she wanted to know a little bit about me. And what was I going to tell her? I drove a truck. And I, Worked I, killed cows. Animals. Yeah. Stole cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazing with a no, sledgehammer, no, but no. I couldn't kill a cow. No, but what she, what she does, here's another a time when somebody else comes into your life and, and you, take, you think you're, t you're taking advantage of her, her suggestion. She said, look, you have the GI Bill, right? And I said, what's a GI Bill? Exactly. Didn't even I know. No, it's no, amazing. No. She said, I know an instructor who's very aware of those kind of things, and uh, go talk to him, and he might give you some advice. So uh, one way or another, either it was at P from P Pierce College in, in the Valley. In the Valley, yeah. And uh, That's my last school I went to, ironically, <laughs> to get my degree. Because <laughs> I almost graduated from Southern State. Anyhow, that's a whole other story, but go ahead. Right, right. I know right. exactly where it's at is my point. Right. So uh, I, I talked to him, and he tells me to take the VA exam, uh, uh, aptitude and attitude test. So I go back to Detroit, and I, I, I go to the VA office, and they give me these tests. And um, right off the bat, the guy says, we're not sending you to college. Because of an STD. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. When you said test, my mind went there. Sorry. Okay. They didn't have that no, test then. Okay, quite. never mind. Being in the military he, for two he, years, he who knows what that. happened? He hadn't done that no, yet. No, <laughs> he was in the military for two years, Mark. Don't get your dad twisted. Benny was laying pipe. <laughs> Go ahead, Benny. <laughs> no, no, so, so, they, so they told me, um, you know, the results that they had for whatever how, whatever tests I took showed that I didn't read very well or write very well or anything. So we're not sending you to college. I said, you got that right. Yeah. You all no shit, you. Sherlock. <laughs> it doesn't take an Einstein uh, to figure that out for me. Been there, done that. Yeah. It ain't for me. So then it meant, so what else are we going to tell this kid to do? So they said, how would you like to be a barber? <laughs> Cutting hair. You, it, it shows that you're, you could be a social, you're a sociable guy. And you, I said, no, I don't want to be a barber. I don't want to be a barber. The next thing out of their mouths was, how would you like to go into electronics? What the, what the hell is electronics? Right. I had no idea. He said, it doesn't matter. We're going to send you to a trade school. And I said, you have to read? Hands on. It's all hands on. And now, do you want to go in California where your sister is? Or you want to go in Detroit? We'll set you up with schools. We'll tell you where the schools are. I ended up going to L.A., ended up going to national schools for 18 months, learning radio and TV repair, memorized everything. Yeah, there was a textbook. <laughs> didn't understand shit from the textbook. Right, like, oh, God, could someone read <laughs> this to me? But they didn't care. The school didn't care. They made their Just money. work on these bulbs, learn how the wiring, all the good stuff, what the yeah, technology was. Yeah, tubes, 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 yeah. tubes. And at the, at, let me tell you, at the end of 18 months learning a TV, I could do a whole schematic. I, I, could, I could lay out everything in a goddamn schematic That's awesome. that a TV was made of. So anyway, I, I graduate. Uh, but just before I graduate, I meet my wife. Oh, by the way. In L.A.? 
<laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, it was in January of '58. Uh, February, I would graduate, and I'm getting ready to go back to Detroit to marry a young lady I had known since high school. Wrote to her while I was in the service. This is not your wife now, correct? That's what you're referring to in Detroit. That's correct. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm following the story correctly. So, her by any chance was her fiance murdered or killed or anything like that? Because your son's story of ex wives or wives just throws me for a fucking loop sometimes. I just don't want to hear another, you know, crazy story like that. No, no. Okay, no, good. No. Thank God. So, so in January or, or December '57, I get fixed. I get fixed up on a blind date, and I call um, this young lady. Uh, Fern uh, to set up a date uh, set up uh, a date and um, I was about to fulfill that when I call her again to tell her that I can't afford to go out and on a date while I was going to trade school I, I was working um, full time uh, graveyard shift in a bank uh, sorting checks that okay. came in from local banks into this main facility, uh, whatever they call that. And you had to re redo the checks. At any rate, um, and I was living in a, in, a, in a room in someone's home during that whole time. Well, not the whole time because I ended up in, before I met Fern, I ended up uh, living in a uh, um, fourplex with eight other guys, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I have this blind date that I called to cancel it, and the mother answers the phone. Fern's not home. Mother answers the phone, and I tell her I, I, I can't make it. I can't afford it. Uh, and the mother says, don't worry about it. Come over and have some cookies and milk. Mr. Rogers is next door. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds amazing. So I figured I, I, I can't say no to that. Of course not. What, what a nice lady. Who's this lady? Yeah. yeah. So... What I would hear later is friend comes home, her mother tells her this, and she lays it out. Well, you made a date. I never met the guy. And I have no idea who this murderer coming. is. <laughs> yeah. Mommy, can get me. Cow oh murderer. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that day comes. I knock on the door. That's January the 11th, 1958. We go out a few times. January 22nd, 11 days later, I ask her to marry me. You're kidding me. I wish I was. What is it about that time? My parents met to 30 days after they met, they were married. You're, you're in, my parents. You're, I mean, they're both deceased, so you can't ask them, but I'm telling you the story. Yeah, it's exactly. Matter of fact, my dad's ashes are right over there. I'll introduce you guys before you leave. But well, well, he was that's much, funny. Well, that's, he was much brighter than me. You were 11 days. You can't be too bright. I always claim three, three dates. My wife says five dates we had. Either way, three but what, to five. But what did we know about each other? She was 19, I was 23, you know, when we met and all that. And um, so that gets me up to the point with the uh, the book. Did I already mention the book? No, not at all. At least not on this podcast. Keep going. I haven't mentioned the book? No. No, you haven't started oh, the book the yet. Only I, the only thing I mentioned was Carl giving me those books. Right. Okay, so we get married, and we I invite him from Detroit yeah, he was already uh, in the city council of Detroit at that point. Oh, so Carl's moved on up. Yeah, he he became he went to Harvard. He went he got a uh, he became a civil Impressive. rights attorney, and he got, was in city council, president of city council. And I invite him to my wedding. He couldn't come, so he sends me a gift, Martin, a book, a book. 
Martin Eden by Jack London, with a little silver ashtray, which is interesting. I still have. And um, I look at the book. I show it to my wife. I said, there's no way in hell I'm going to read it. I told you, I don't read. Uh, and, and she said, um, no. So I decided I wanted to call him and ask him, what the hell are you trying to tell me? You got to be trying to tell me something by sending me a book. He never answered the phone. So Fern says, shit, he took the time to buy this book. And why don't you just sit down and start reading it? Right. See what it's about. And um, I said, 411 pages. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> Forget love you. it. Small print. And oh, no, and no blow me away, too. And, and no pictures. And no pictures. Yeah. And they didn't have it on tape yet. It wasn't on. <laughs> so somehow I sat down. I started reading the first page. I don't know how many times I read the first page. It's so friggin' boring. And then I read the second and the third. Like I said, it took me two years. Or maybe I didn't say it. it. took me two years to read that book. I looked up 747 words, had underlined every one of those, and looked them all up in a dictionary, wrote them on separate sheets of paper and in the margins of that book. And I was hooked for the rest of my life to reading and learning. And This is at the age of about, what, 26, 28? Yeah, that would be about 28. About 28, yeah? And yeah. by then I had two children. Oh, wow. My older brother. One brothers. of them being Craig. One of them being Craig and... And, and, um, and, uh, and then I saved okay, the Okay, but marriage. the question was, oh, how please. did I get to be an engineer from radio and TV? And um, I, I graduated and that job at the bank... That was going nowhere. Um, I started looking for a job, and uh, there, there, so no, at the age of twenty-eight, you finally read a book. Wait, wait, wait. You wait, have wait. A, no, it, um, no. At twenty-eight, I already had a job. Uh, Twenty-four, when I met Fern, I, I just graduated the trade school. So you have a trade now. You're an electrician, basically no, an not, engineer. I, no, no. I'm, what kind of trade? TV repair. TV repair guy. TV repair guy. I, that's from school. So I, I initially I did try to get and the GI Bill paid for all that. The GI Bill paid for all. That's all of beautiful. It. And um, when times were simpler. And well, uh, they still help out a lot of military vets now no, too. No, not enough. Vet, never enough. But should, yeah, that's right. Never enough. Never they, enough they, in my should, book as well. They should get it all. Um, so here I am getting engaged. Engaged. Never gave her a ring. Oh really? I didn't know what the Smart. word. I, I didn't understand what engagement meant. Did she ever? Does she ever ring now? No. Did, did well, you not? No, she's got one from my stepmother. <laughs> For, you've never bought Fern a ring yet? No. Oh my God, Benny! I'm gonna give you a ring to take home with her. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'll charge you for it. So you can buy it. There you go. <laughs> so between after graduating, meeting Fern, getting engaged, I'm without a job. Except Perfect one, time to get married. Except the one I'm, I'm doing graveyard, and um, I, I think I hung on to that for some a little bit. Um, and I went during the day. I went out looking for a job, and it was hard to get one. The school tried to set me up. They sent me to Northern California, different places. I flunked all their tests, technical tests, and uh, couldn't get a job. A neighbor, some someone said, "Go to Hughes Aircraft," and I said, "I don't see any ads in the paper." He said, "They have employment offices." somebody who really knew what was going on in the world, just go in, tell them what you, you know, you went, went to this school, what you learned, and uh, they'll get, fill out an application. And I, I did that, and they gave me a test, a 33-question test. And, and, and um, I missed, uh, I don't know how many you have to get right, but 
whatever it was, I missed it by one. And I, I just went, you know, I missed it by one. I said, oh, shit. I said, I, you know, I knew some of those answers. I've got them in my notes at home. Right. He said, well, I'll tell you what. Take it again. Go home, look at your notes, and then come back. So I went home that same day. I looked at the notes. I had it. I said, I don't know if I should go back, you know, now, right now. I waited a couple days, went back, took the test, passed the test. And the guy said, there happens to be an opening. And then what'd you say and do? I said, um, I'll take it. I'll take it. I took the job. And the weird part was that the work I started out doing had nothing to do with anything I learned in school. And yet like I like that, everything else in school, right? I like took that, that, like everything. That's the story of school and life. Mean, it was so unless bad. you're a nurse, I think nurse and doctors, no. they learn a lot, but it's still nothing like the real world. It was so crazy because what I ended up doing was fabrication, putting putting little, uh, creating little boxes for engineers to do a prototype work. I had to learn how to use tools. I never used tools at home. I had to use a drill, and I had to learn how. It got, it got, it really got bad, to where I was not goofing off, but making a lot of mistakes, and I got chance after chance to hang in there, to be a better fabricator, and I said, I want out of here. They say you got to stay in this department for a year before we can transfer you out. So eventually, I would get transferred out, and to another department where I would test resistors. And I said, to just take data, you know, watch resistors go through vibration and thermovac and all that, and just me just taking data. I went to school to learn more than that. I got to, you know. And so eventually, guys from Hughes went over to Lytton in, in the Valley, uh, another aerospace company uh, in Canoga Park. And they would come back with these, uh, after taking the 10-question test, and I'd have all all the answers from them. A bunch of them had gone. So I, I go and I take the exam and they tell me I got them all right. <laughs> I got them all right. I said, oh my God, I got a job. Uh, they, call, I, they call me in for an interview and I'm sitting down with this guy and he starts asking me questions about transistors. And over and over again, I'm telling him, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And, and I want to get out of there so fast. And the guy says, um, we'll let you know. I get back in the car. Fern and Michael at the time, uh, he, he was a kid. You know, Craig. Uh, no, no, Craig wasn't even born yet. Oh, Craig wasn't even I forget born. there's that gap. Um, in my little Volkswagen. And, and um, I told Fern, I said, well, that, that went bad. Everything I answered with, I don't know. Two weeks later, I get a call. We'd like to talk to you again. We'd like to hire you. And I go, okay. So I get a job there in systems test, something I have no idea what's all about. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? <laughs> right? Checking out gyros and, and platforms that go into the Apollo. Or, oh, no, it wasn't, that one wasn't the Apollo. That was uh, for some Navy equipment. I, um, I said, I don't have any experience. I, I'm trying to be very, I'm very blunt. I'm telling him uh, I don't have any knowledge or experience doing anything. Just try it. If it doesn't work out, well, we can always put you back to what you were doing back at Lytton. Yeah. We need people there too. Remember, it was the time of Sputnik, so they were 
just getting people right and left into this field. And um, so I start on the job, and um, I do quite well. And I last there, I, I won't go into everything I did there, but I was there for five years. And then I wound up, oh God, being talked. I, I had graduated Pierce. The junior college. The junior at the time. college. Uh -huh. And still is junior college, yes. Um, and I went on to, I changed my major from engineering to sociology because that was my love. If, if there was going to be academics, a man of the people. If there was going to be academics, I wanted to go in that direction. So I started out at UCLA, and I won't go into. I only went one semester, and um, his classmate oh, was Lou Alcindor. Yes, nice. yes, by the 1965. And then Fern invites a friend of hers, uh, just uh, married. So you're married with one kid as you went to UCLA. Yeah, and working full time, taking nice. 12 units because, and UCLA didn't want me to. They called me in and they said, you can't take 12 units work full time. I said, I've got to, I can't afford to do otherwise. Right. I'm married, have a kid. And they said, well... You're not going to do too well, possibly. <laughs> we're going to put you on probation. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. For no reason off the top, just probation? <laughs> yeah, I'm probation. Because you're working? Yeah. Bullshit. Secret double probation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, 12 years. I took two upper, they let me take two upper division and two lower division courses. They were all in sociology. And I try to convince them that this was what I, I've been reading so much about. Okay? All the books I started reading and doing, all because of that one book. And they said, well, we'll put you on probation. So I, I, I go through the year. Um, or the semester, quarter semester, and I end up with a couple of B's and a couple of C's, but I get burned out. I get burned out, I, and, I, and, that's the, and that's the end of my that's the end of my education. Really? Um, so, but but so Fern is inviting. At that point, oh, I was going to continue. I was going to continue because I applied to Santa Barbara. That's where they had a great sociology department. Okay. And they had on-campus living for married couples. Just to show you the twists and turns these things can take. And just as I'm about to make that move, the school tells me there's no longer... A sociology program. No, no, there's programs there, but no uh, on-campus housing. And when I start looking around, because I had bought a house out in the valley... For fifteen thousand dollars, believe it or not, on an income that was at the bottom of the rung, but I was able to do that. And after four years of living there, we sold it, and I was going to use that little bit of money, twenty five hundred dollars, to go to Santa Barbara and live on campus and go to school and finish and maybe get a degree. With your wife and son. With my wife and son. Right then and there, my wife invites a friend, who's in a real estate investor. And he says, Benny, how long is it going to take you to get your master's degree, PhD? And then when you finally get that, are you going to be able to be the kind of soci- research sociologist that you want to be independent? I said, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take. He says, just let me have the $2,500 and I'll let you buy five duplexes in East L.A. And... $500 down and each one and you'll be the proud owner of five duplexes in, in LA and I go ahead and do that and six months later I find out this this friend had taken me for a ride he lied to me about everything mm. I, I now the owner but I decide if that's the way I got in I got to get out no matter what the losses are yeah, because I met somebody that knew him also that took him for a ride, but he got in so deep he couldn't get out. He was beholden. This friend tried to get me a buy, to buy a house in Rolling Hills. Is that Rolling, Rolling Hills? Hill, Rolling Heights. Rolling Heights. He also tried to get me to buy a Lincoln. No, no, a Cadillac. He said, if you gotta, you gotta, when you go to banks to get loans, you gotta look like you're uh, accomplished. You, you've, you've, you've made it. 
And I said, I can't get a Cadillac. Instead, I got a Bronneville Pontiac. Nice. <laughs> he, had, he had me ending up getting home improvement loans. He, he knew the ropes on how to get in and get that money. Right. But every time I did this. Was, I, that, blue, was that blue back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a buddy of ours that we no, know. No, I didn't realize it, but he was sucking me in more and more to where I would become beholden to him. And I got lucky that I met that guy, uh, the other guy, he got into this whole thing as an investor. And um, I called Sam, that was his name, uh, and I said, is this true? This is how you used me? And he said, we hemmed in, he hawed, and he couldn't say no. And I hung up and I said, I'm done. And I went into foreclosure on all of the properties. The banks called me in, they said, we'll make you a deal. Well, let you pay interest only. Big deal, right? And I said, no, no, no. I, I got it. I'm just going to get out no matter what it takes. And I lost all those homes, and uh, which it was duplexes, duplexes. Um, and I got out. And oh yeah, during that time, I had quit Lytton. Quit Lytton. Quit a job with a wife and two kids. And now two. Now I'm Craig's born. And. Um, so Sam says, no problem, I'll get you a job with a realtor I know, and you can go and collect um, rent from his uh, properties that he owns. So I became a... a Muscle. Yeah. So a collector. A yeah. collector, a collector. Making half the amount I was making at Lytton. And at Lytton, I was rising in the ranks, I was really going up the ladder. But, um, okay, so all this t takes place, and... Um, I find all this out and I quit that job. I'm without a job now. And I'm looking to get back into aerospace. Can't get back into Lytton. I go to Nortronics where they, I got lucky and they hired me and I was there for almost a year and I kept looking because the kind of job I had at Nortronics, I was just dealing with one piece of equipment, again, testing. And um, finally I got a, a job at TRW through the back door. Somebody I knew at Lytton who had already worked there I had already applied to Lytton, uh, to uh, TRW through the front door, and didn't didn't right, nothing, nothing happened. happened. The back door, the guy knows me. Put I get, your application I, on the I, top of the folders. I, before the application, I get to talk to the ma uh, manager of that department, and he had me fill everything out. He said no problem, and uh, that's how I started it. And that's how I started working on the Apollo program, doing you know, with the equipment that whatever I did, and worked my way up from uh, being a tech to be an engineer, to be a sub-project manager, and God only knows who, how far I would have, could have gone if I, uh, uh, at, at the age of 58, they gave me the golden handshake. We'll give you a, I, I wasn't ready to retire, I didn't have any money, we never knew, learned how to save our money. Right. Mark took it all. Uh, of course. <laughs> all the things you had to do for him and his upbringing. He, he was about to pay for my law school and then he got the, the so shaft. I'm, so I'm 58 and they, um, and they, 1,200 of us, they made that offer. We'll give you a year's salary, or you stay, you stick it out and wait, wait it out and let, and, and unless we uh, lay you off. So at the last minute, I decide I'm going to take the retirement. And um, I think at that point, I could say the rest is history. I didn't know how I was going to. Well, I can I can yeah, say something there. That that's when I was starting law school, and oh. they they were going to like they did for my older brothers, pay for all their schooling. 
they were going to pay for mine. And then he got uh, the handshake there. And so I was on my own to get loans and this and that. But this is when I said, I'm going to law school and I'm going to let my hair grow, dad. And uh, he had very very short hair and he said, I'm going to let mine grow too. And uh, you see what happened to his hair. He got the Einstein lookalike. And that's that's where that started, his second career. Craig basically was helping me out so I could have a few extra bucks. And um, it was two, I was two weeks at the... At the right, our, our, our office, which uh, it was actually in the same building. It was, I wasn't there. My brother had the same, in the same building, but a different office. And there was a, a buddy of his that he shared space with, Tom Capalbo, who was an attorney friend of my brother's oh, who we went to law school with. And he was the one who said, you know, with your hair like that, you, you, you put a mustache on you, you look like Einstein. I know, I have, I know a guy who's a lookalike manager. And at that time, I was heavy into all the acting and things. I was oh, acting and performing. I, I'm sorry. And I knew, I happened to know uh, <laughs> the makeup artist who did no, the wait, original wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Because when, when Tom said, uh, that's all you have to do is go buy a mustache. Go buy one. And take Yo, the- I think I can grow one. <laughs> no, eventually, it would be decades later. Well, not decades, maybe. I try to grow the mustache because... so. He says, "Go, just go home, take pictures of yourself. Don't go spend a lot of money. Just I, normal I, pictures of the camera. It would black, and, black and white, black and white. I had a nice camera actually, and I had a portrait lens, so I took some uh, headshots of myself, and I gave it to him, and uh, I had him. You know, uh, a week later, I gave them to him, and um, it was two weeks after that I get a I get a call." Saying, is this uh, Benny Wasserman Einstein lookalike? Wow. I said, I have a gig. I said, I don't know what a gig is. <laughs> and I hung up. I thought somebody was pulling my leg, and he calls me back. And he said, it was a Japanese production company that um, wanted uh, an Einstein. And uh, so he says, Benny, do you uh, smoke? You smoke? You don't smoke, do you? Oh, no, wow. No, I don't smoke. Well, you have to learn how to smoke a pipe. A pipe? I. So I went and I bought a pipe at this store, and the guy showed me how to, how to, not only smoke it but clean it, and and the whole. He spent an hour with me, just to do that. So I had that when I went for that first interview, uh, for that Japanese production company, and that was my first gig. Really. Period. And, and they and they so now in retirement, that's what you're doing. Do you still do it quite a bit? No. This this hopefully is uh, I say hopefully. Uh, He's my, done. My last year, unless somebody wants to. Take a uh, do a photo shoot, and I'll just. I don't want to do ten grand. I don't want. I've done movies. I've done TV. I've done print ads all over the world. So do you have a bigger portfolio than your son here, Mark, who claims <laughs> his claim to fame is? Oh, look at me! I'm Mr. Mark. I can do this. Have you seen my movie? And he's sending me his real. He sent it to me about thirty times this past month. That was a different one. <laughs> exactly. I made an edit. To, he sent it to you a few times. He sends it to everybody. Hey, have you seen my real? Have you seen my reel? The biggest thing I did was the Pepsi commercial, and that's when I got my SAG card. Nice. When, when Mark heard me. Uh, oh, my God, I was pissed. <laughs> it took him like three days. Were you really? You know, I, 20 years, I'm like trying to get in the union and do the do 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 you know, and and, uh, and he comes along, throws a mustache on, grows his hair, and like, here's your SAG card. Here it is. So oh, that's I, great. Go, go. It's <laughs> good. I, whoever thought I would end up traveling all over the world, twice to Japan, twice to Korea, to Athens, uh, uh, Panama City, got only Barcelona, where I did a car commercial, 
And right now, can I say that? Say whatever you want. I want to do a commercial for Mercedes. Why not? I, I, I want to I, give, it can happen. I, I want to give them lifetime use for the for a car. It's all he wants is a car. Oh, why can't now my that man- happen? My manager, my previous manager, he always would take care of that usage thing. He says, "Benny, you don't know anything about that." Um, you know, you, you get so much, you, you can't just let somebody have it forever because, and, um, and and with the Pepsi commercial, it was all through SAG, so every, every time they showed it, you got You're a certain paid. amount. You're getting paid, oh yeah. And, and I, I, that was a good I, year. I, I was on there for a, a whole year. That was a good year from, yeah, exactly. That was a good, you know, it was the Pepsi commercial, there was a little redhead girl. Who was doing Pepsi commercials, and it was it aired first time during the Super Bowl that year. Shut up! It was yeah, a Pepsi. Yeah. It was yeah. a really. You'll, you can Google it right now. It'll come up. Pepsi commercial. Uh, Einstein. Just Pepsi Einstein. Just and that should uh, but, but that should okay. pop up. That, that's okay. But uh, um, I, I, let's not forget the no brainer Einstein one. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's There's it. There's a thirty second and a sixty second one. That's my dad's wow. Super Bowl commercial. I see you in it now. You're in like a uh, a room. With, oh, there you are. That's a great commercial. Look at you. Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola. Listen. It's a Pepsi. Well, molecularly speaking. By molecularly speaking. They logically seem to offer two possibilities between which we are in principle given a choice. Of course, as with any randomly occurring theoretical event, Whenever you factor time and space relationships, you must invariably arrive at one and absolutely only one correct choice. That's her. That, that's her whole part. Ah. Watch me nice. get, it I, ends with you jumping. That was a good little jump awesome? at the end. You see that at the you end? You jump and click your heels. It's what, what awesome. You He's always been nimble and quick. He and looked great doing that. And he wasn't a he, young cookie in that commercial either. No, no, no. And, and, and to this day, right, I think, you know, he gets in there to the batting cages every week. Jeez, Ninety Benny, miles an hour. Benny Wasserman. Who knew the guy you were who the guy who somebody told him what was the guy's name in Winter Garden, Florida, sure. years and years and years ago that you couldn't hit. Yeah, I never mentioned his name. Told he him said he was the coach who couldn't hit George Myatt and crushed him, and he never tried again. Eighty-five years old, Isn't it hitting crazy ninety miles an hour. What could he have done? One person can do that to us in life, though, and you allowed it to happen. But it happens. All across the land. I mean, every time. And the moral to what happened to you, Benny, as a young man is don't let somebody tell you you can't do it. Who knows if you could or couldn't have? You know, they're scouts. And how many times does athletes hear that, right? Like there's a guy by the name of Michael Jordan who was told in high school that he couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Now listen to this, though. Crazy. (laughs) Both sides of the spectrum. Right. 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 You You have the guy over there. You can't hit. You can't. And crushed his dream. And then you have this friend of his from the other side of the tracks, the good side of the tracks, that says, here's a book, here's a book, go to school, here's another book, here's another one. He doesn't read them, he throws, whatever, and then he gets married and gets a book for a gift. Did you ever get a hold of him and realize what that book was about? And then the metal ashtray? And his friend's name was Carl. I think now's a good time to tell... How it comes Everybody back to Carl? Who, who Carl? Well, Carl's the guy who gave him the books. Carl Lewis, the runner. 
No. No, his name was, he got the uh, first initial right of his last name, L, Carl Levin. Carl Levin. Should I know that name? Activist? You will in a minute. Please. Carl Levin. (laughs) Mark. Who I said was the um, president of the city council in Detroit. Uh Uh-huh. In 1976, went on to become a United States senator from the state of Michigan. Okay. And remained there for 36 years, just retired two years ago. And that is the individual, like Mark just said, two ends of the spectrum. Someone who said, don't do it. Someone who said, do it. And I'm listening to both of them. Right. Hey, at least you did, both, did you both advice. Both yeah. Them. You're just a sponge. Tell me what to do. Soak me up and I'll do it. No, that's right. That's the way I operated on my job. Yeah. Whatever the boss told me me what to do, do. I did. I'm a doer. Direct me and Benny will do it. So Chucky, my friend from the the hood. Chucky, which is Carl. No, no. No, Chucky's another guy. Chucky's the hood. Chucky's the guy who uh, wanted to steal cigarettes and liquor. So I was a follower all my life. I was a follower. And that's the one thing I didn't want my kids to be, a follower. I wanted them to learn to be independent. And at one point, I, um, in aerospace, I felt I was on the edge every day of, at work I was going to get laid off. That was a feeling I had, the way things are going in the country and whatever. And I tried to influence them to, um, if they were going to go to school, learn something where you can um, either hang up your own shingle or go to work for someone else. Let it be your choice. Labor or whatever. And not everybody's made to be in, be in business for themselves. Right. So you work for somebody else, but recognize that you have a choice that way. So I, my first one comes along, and I'm patting myself on the back. He's reading. He's a sponge. He's everything. I talk about nerd. Getting him into uh, everything was about medicine. That doesn't mean you have to be a doctor or a surgeon. You could be an X-ray technician. You can be a nurse. Thank God he's a lot like Fern then is what you're saying. You, you need, uh, those kind of people are needed everywhere in the world. Uh, you don't have to worry about uh, not ever having a job. You can always get a job. And so Michael goes ahead and he becomes a doctor. Unbelievable. And then my other two come along. And they, they don't do very well in high school. They, they're C-minus uh, averages. And uh, I tell Craig he doesn't have to go to college. He doesn't have to... And, and Craig said, don't you think my brother's smarter than me? And I said, no, no, you don't read. You don't read, man. you got to read to get through it all. And so he goes to community college. He starts at um, Cerritos. Cerritos. At Cerritos. Cerritos College. And uh, he, right away he gets on the debate team. I said, how the fuck are you going to right? debate anybody? You don't read anything. He says, they give us three by five cards. And it's all written down what we're going to say. And then I, I, one way or another, I figured out, I just argue with the guy who's on the other side and try to find holes in his arguments. I said, oh, that's the way you do it? I said, well, however, however. So he goes on to finish, uh, Cerritos goes on to UCLA, and, uh, and then, there's, then there's Mark, and then you know, he, he goes to law school, passes the bar first time around. No, Craig passed it first time around. Mark didn't. Isn't <laughs> right. that the way the story goes? Right. That is correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. For, but talk thank you for bashing you and not correcting yeah, your own yeah, story. Yeah, You're yeah. letting it go. I going, took it three yeah, I times. <laughs> I took Mark, it three. Mark's like, yeah, Dad, remember it that way. I passed it first. No problem, no problem. And I was an actor first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, till this day, I don't understand how you don't read through high school. and You, you, you make it through UCLA. I don't know, you know, it just, 
I don't know. He didn't have that great of a great point average. That's why he he couldn't make it into uh, like Harvard or any of those kind of schools. That's why he went to Western State, which was an unaccredited school at the time. Is this Mark? No, no, Craig. <laughs> oh, sorry, Craig. But Craig first. Craig went to UCLA as well. Yes, undergrad. Yes. yes. Okay. Mark, all he ever wanted was to be an actor. Right. And so he, ended which up, he does at the courthouse. <laughs> every do it time everywhere. he's in court, yeah. Yeah. So when I was on jury duty once, and the judge asked me, they always asked the potential jurors, "What do your kids do?" And I said, "Well, one's a doctor, and uh, and one's a lawyer, and one's a lawyer actor." And the judge and the judge says, "Actor, lawyer, same thing." Exactly. The judge said that to you. The judge said That's that. Awesome, isn't that the damn truth? Your excuse. No, I can't. Hey, your excuse? You didn't have to stay here. <laughs> they let you I, go. Well, I, no, I uh, I was only excused once because I learned he loves juries. Being on I, them, I've been on ten, I've been on ten of them, and after I got excused, and the very first one. When they do the jour, is it the jour of questioning when the attorney? Voir dire. Voir dire. Voir dire. Never heard that word, but thank and, you. And so, uh, just to give you an example, Voir dire. Um, uh, let's say the uh, defendant was uh, someone who stole stuff, mm -hmm. burglary. And, and so the question would be asked of all us jurors have any of you ever been burglarized? What's the other word for if it's not burglary? It's robbery. Robbery. Well, burglarized. It's different. Because we got had someone break into our home. And uh, so I raised my hand. Yeah, I was burglarized. Next thing I know, you're excused. <laughs> and so I learned, I learned that's one good way of getting off if you want to get off. If you know what the case is about, and they tell you basically what the case is about. Well, you Has anybody know. been racially profiled? Yes. Okay, perfect. See you later. I mean, they would ask me, is anybody in your family in, the, in law enforcement? Well, I had a cousin, well, Fern's cousin. But I learned after that first instance... I don't have to say anything. So you're the creator of the STFU. <laughs> you're the one who created you, you know yeah. what? I knew these boys couldn't come up with it on their own. I knew you had it in you, Benny. Come on. Yeah. Mark and Craig trying to take all this credit when early on, you're the one who figured, just shut the fuck up. I mean, they all felt, and maybe it's generally true, statistically true, that uh, you can have a bias in one direction or the other, and they don't want biased people on the jury for the defendant or the other side. So they start knocking people off. And it's crazy. I always felt that I've got a good enough head that I can put that aside. And I always did. Well, I think so too. And knowing where you came from in Detroit, knowing that you walked that line from the hood and to nice silver spoons, you better see that. And you were treated probably more hoodish back in Detroit. So I would imagine rolling that dice and judging a person's character, you have a more open look on kids from the hood, people from the hood. So therefore, you can judge them a little more with an open eye rather than, you're guilty, you're guilty, you it, son of a bitch. No, no, here, here's the thing. It's not a matter of being sensitive to anybody's plight in life. Are the facts there to determine whether you're True. guilty or not? But I mean, a lot of times it's just it's, stereotyped it, and a lot of people are up there, they no, walk in no, the oh room and people will feel that way. So my point is, you're going to wait for the facts and you. look at it and, and weigh it all out. Not just go, oh, look at this freaking beaner walking in. Is that Joe Lopez? Perfect. He's guilty. No, I'm one of the first. That would be me. Yes. <laughs> and one of the cases I had was a, a, a possession of marijuana. And uh, the vote was uh, 10 to 2. And 10... Ten were to in, convict? No, to no. Ten were for um, acquittal. Acquittal. Okay. Acquittal and two. Ten were for acquittal. I was one of the ten that was for acquittal, and there was the two who were holding out. 
So the first thing you do is you ask them, uh, those jurors, why they were holding out. And one woman said, if you, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I got this a little bit, just a little bit wrong. Anybody who smokes marijuana has got a guilty of whatever crime that they had committed. That was the rationale that they were using. If someone smokes marijuana, they're guilty of that crime. Period. Because you're a bad person. Oh, God. And so we asked the second lady, I don't want to emphasize the lady, it just so happened there were two women, and the other lady says, whatever she says, I go along with. <laughs> She's a puppet. Yep. This is in the Follower. This is in the jury room. And so those experiences, which I have all written in my years of journal writing, but that's a whole different story. That's 35 years straight every day since he was 50. Unbelievable. He's written in his journal. I can't wait to read that. Well, you know, as we get to wrap up, we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours with you, Benny, because there's no end to the Benny Wasserman story of life and getting into your books, which we didn't get into. But, I mean, we're coming up on here an hour. <laughs> and I just want to say Benny Wasserman, you know, husband of Fern, father of three amazing boys that are nice men and a great grandfather. Yeah, that's what counts. That's what it, counts. You know what? That's not, your legacy not, right there. I don't want to. I don't want to be known as the father of the doctor and two lawyers, which I'm always being told, you should be proud, you should be proud. I want to be told... They're two great guys who don't take advantage of people and who are. You said two. What about the third? He did say two. Yeah, the doctor not taking advantage of people. He's uh, <laughs> no. You got to pay me extra, and I'll fix you. <laughs> no way. No way. If you only knew his story. Oh my God. Well, I can't because the boys don't talk about him ever. Mark and Craig, I can't get a peep out of their older brother. I told what, you, Fredo. Fredo. Where's Fredo? He's no, the no. bad... Fredo meeting the bad outlaw from the mob? <laughs> cut, Oh, cut, look at him. Cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Wasserman, it's a pleasure having you on the Grande Wash show. Uh, make sure you check us out, grandeandwash.com. We appreciate it. Mark, thank you so much for bringing your dad here, and thank you for spending this morning of your birthday as we oh. recorded this Ooh. on your birthday, exactly. You know what? This is what... When it opened up the opportunity, and I heard you were going to keep this place... It was just, uh, what do they say? It's good. Synergistic it's kismet. Yes, it's meant to be. So, uh, Benny, we look forward to having you on more and more, and I look forward to hearing and learning more and more about you as <sighs> I, I truly am intrigued on learning about my friends, parents, and especially since me and your bro your sons have become so close. As you know, I'm really close with this drunk right here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you'll be the first one and only one to read my autobiography. God willing, that Because happens. my wife says, if I, if I don't, if, if she lives longer than I do... She's burning it. It's getting burned. <laughs> I can't wait because I know you started, if I believe right, when he was a teenager. So therefore, these teenage years got to be crazy. Well, his. Especially. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. His yeah. are in Mar Mark's teenage years is yeah. when you started writing oh, it. You see God. how I already know these things? Does <laughs> that not tell you how Jewish I am already? No, I'm your Jewish Mexican son, by the way. You know what I mean? I'm adopted in. I'm the Jew bean. Here you go. The thing is, most of the stuff about Mark is in my journal. Okay. Okay. 
I, I summarized uh, the, the autobiography is basically all just I just can't wait for you to go home tonight and write about your son's mother-in-law <laughs> and go figure out that part oh of the story no, he said, okay, okay. we're not going there but Mark <laughs> it is a real life story we all have mother-in-laws we all have and if that, you don't good luck to you it's a blessing <laughs> either way the grass is not greener on the other side we'll sometimes. talk about that another but, time yeah it'll be part of the show but thank you again Benny thank you again Mark for coming on it is Grande and Was. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives with 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional. You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.